Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I pray that you all are well. We made it to the middle of the week. It is hump day, but for us as wives who war, it is waiting while you wait Wednesday. It is our fast day. But Serena has told me it is wailing while you wait. Wailing uh, spiritually. You have to wail before the Lord. I understand. Um, so we are um, wailing before God on this morning. And many of us won't. It, it's almost as if when... Um, for me, this is the analogy I get when I hear think of wailing. When we were younger, or not even younger, oh, they probably don't do it now. And you were in the line to receive the Holy Ghost, Serena. And they had you tarry before the Lord um, for as long as it took. <laughs> I'm talking... It could be hours. It could be the night, literally, right? And you didn't mind staying in that place because you needed and wanted something from God. Whew. Yeah. problem now and I'm going to yield the floor because I feel God that's our problem now we don't want to stay yeah we don't want to stay my apologies um, we don't want to stay before God long enough for us to get a breakthrough or for us to get what we need from him Tearing before the Lord was something we had to do in the old school church, quote unquote, right? Because that's how you received the Holy Ghost. That's how you, you know, you tapped into being able to speak in tongues. That's how you began. That's how you tapped into your breakthrough. Um, it's... That's how those things that we have ingested began to come up and out because we stayed in the face of God long enough, hard enough to get what we need. And I hear God saying, and then Serena, I'm going to yield the floor. I hear God saying, some of you have been in my face. But you haven't tarried and you haven't wailed long enough before me to receive 
what you've been asking me for. And all I'm seeking is intimacy with you. So if you would just tarry, if you would just come into my presence and well, cry out. Cry out unto me. All ye who are heavy laden, Good morning, sis. Good morning, wise who wore. I tell you, God is perfect in all of his ways. In all of his ways, he is perfect. So I am honored to be able to bring this word to you this morning. Um, I must warn you that it's heavy, but it's right. So I want to just jump right on into it today. I want to talk to you ladies about standing in the still do you have permission to exit? Again, standing in the still, do you have permission to exit? We all know that some things we have permission to do, but not all things we ought to do. Um, in James 1, verses 2 through 4, <clears throat> it tells us, consider it joy, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be able to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what happens when you're stuck in an unpleasant place? When your still place offers no peace? Whether it's a bad marriage, an unpleasant job, or an unwanted friendship, trouble with the children, or a church issue, these are all things that we all go through. And some of these trials may be trials that God choose to allow us to remain in. Many of us experience trials. And of course, we want to escape them immediately. Nobody likes the feeling of being in a trial. But God doesn't always permit us to do so. So even in trials, we don't have the authority to exit. We have to pray. We'll have to wait. And we'll have to be obedient to what God's direction is for us. Again, even in trials, we don't have the authority to exit. We have to pray and wait on God to answer us with direction. So be very sure, be very, very sure that when God doesn't answer, that you don't consider it permission to leave. Just because he's silent doesn't mean that he's not speaking. So wait, wait for direction from God. God is in those uncomfortable places, ladies. Again, God is in those uncomfortable places with you. John 16 and 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace and in the world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. It is in his absence of his voice that we seek him all the more, ladies, which makes it the best place for us to find him. 
And that's with a desperate heart. Do you have a desperate heart yet? Are you finding yourself seeking God? Yes. We can abort any trial by leaving. We can lead a relationship. We can lead church. We can lead the job. But again, if we do, we may miss the tools needed for our purpose ahead. Are you willing to miss what you need to get for your purpose ahead? I'm not. If God has spoken a promise into your life, remember there are tools that you'll need to carry out that promise. Don't get distracted. If you are patient in the trials and tribulations, you will come out whole on the other side. The devil will lie to us and make us feel that we're losing. No. Stay consistent. Be patient in your trials and tribulations. Trust God. He's working on making you whole. Allow God to instill in you the tools needed to fulfill your promise. Ladies, some of us got a lot of work to do. Some of us need God to instill a whole lot of tools. So are you willing to be patient and intentional about allowing God to do what he needs to do to get you to his promise? Stay in the still until God directs you out. Again, ladies, stay in the still until God directs you out. Not the homegirl, not the pastor, not the friends, not the co-worker, but God directs you out. If you are in an uncomfortable place waiting on God's direction, well, I want to encourage you to continue to pray and be faithful to God. Trust that he will pull you through in his timing. Yes, it's tough. Yes, it gets hard. Yes, you may seem like you're going to lose your mind, but I can promise you, sis, you won't. God is faithful to keep you even in the hard times. So make up your mind. No matter what still place God has you in, <clears throat> vow today to stand and to wait on his voice. Wait on God's voice. Colossians 3 and 2 in the NIV version says, do not be anxious. Do not fall prey to a voice that is not his and do not lean to your own understanding. For in due time, in due time, he will speak. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Ladies, acting too quickly or out of our emotions can be damaging. Again, acting out of your emotions is damaging. Malachi 2 and 16 tells us, For the Lord, the God of Israel, said that he hated putting away, for the covereth violence with his garment, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not tetrously. Well, I'm going to read that same verse in the message version. Malachi 2 and 16 in the message version says, I hate divorce, says the God of Israel. God of the angel army says, I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. So watch yourselves. Do not let your guard down. Do not cheat. We know that in years that's gone by, divorce has been extremely rare. 
back in the day, our parents stuck with our dads and them and and, and they was in new marriages when they was in marriages and other relationships and a whole bunch of hell was going on, but they stayed married. They went through the storm. They stuck in there and they held on. But we know today that over 50% of all marriages across the country end in divorce. Ladies, there's an attack on our marriages. The devil don't win. Putting away in this verse reference to divorce. And God says that he hates divorce. Divorcing one's wife or husband is breaking a Solomon promise made not only to one's spouse, but to God and before many witnesses. A land where the family is destroyed, laying in shambles, is a land in a social and spiritual turmoil. A lot of wives have concluded that I have a biblical reason to exit this marriage. I got a lot of married individuals who have concluded that they are good with the situation that they're in and they're not sure even if they want to continue in a marriage. They don't make their minds up to already believe that they're okay with not welcoming reconciliation of their marriage because they found some false illusion and sense of peace. Well, from the beginning, God created the husband and the wife to be a lifetime covenant. Marriage has always been a forever covenant from the very beginning. Now, there are biblical reasons that you can exit out of your marriage. However, if you decide to, if the decision falls on you, be very clear that you have an obligation to consult the Lord first, ladies. Again, I cannot stress that to you enough. There are biblical reasons that you can exit your marriage. But if that decision falls on you, be very clear whether you have the right or not to consult the Lord first, regardless on if you have biblical reasons on leaving your marriage. Matthew 18, 21 and 22 says, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall I, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seven, 70 times seven. Huh. The rule here, ladies, is to forgive, to forgive, and to forgive. I know that he hurts you. I know that it was unfair. I know that you didn't deserve it. I know. But God says, are you willing to trust me with your pain? Are you willing to trust me with your pain? Now, there are some cases, again, where God may tell you that he wants you to leave the marriage. But again, ladies, you're still obligated to forgive even in your leaving. Let me say that again. In some cases, God may direct you to leave and to exit the marriage. That's in between you and your God. However, if he instructs you to leave, his instructions on forgiving has not changed. You must still forgive. 
However, if you had a choice on if you stay or not, let's talk about that. Meaning that the choice is yours, not your spouse's, because again, we don't have control over our spouse's. We only have control over ourselves and our own decisions. But if you make the conscious decision to stand, whether you're separated or if the ink is already drying, you must consult the Lord first, even if he is over there with another woman. Understand me. I'm going to say that again. You must first consult the Lord, even if he is over there with another person. Believe me, God honors the marriage covenant. God is always for the marriage covenant. You're still in covenant with your husband. God is for you. Now, when you're dealing with adultery, abandonment, addiction, all of these things which are heavy, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you now, you better be sure you have consulted the Lord on if you are to pursue this marriage. You better be for sure, for sure, for sure that this is what God's perfect will is for your life. Because baby, I'm going to tell you, it will get tough. But I can believe in with every part of my being that it will be more than worth it if God has told you to stand. Some marriages have been strained and unfruitful from the beginning. And in these cases, it's easy for the individuals to be under the impression that they simply can get a do-over. I want a do-over. Mm. They feel that since they came into the marriage, it's been messed up all from the beginning anyway. Um, there's really, I've never really been happy. So why not? Um, I could do better. I could do better than them. Why not divorce? I mean, like, I could remarry. I'm fine. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Those are all false illusions. So I'm sorry to tell you, ladies, but you don't get that option without consulting the Lord. Consult the Lord. Consult the Lord. Consult the Lord. You haven't heard anything? Stand still and know that he's answering. Stand still and know that he's God. You haven't heard anything? Open up your Bible. You waiting for a prophet to come and give you a word? Well, sis, let me tell you that God speaks to us in this day and this time through his word primarily. Now, he does use things and people and places to minister to us as well. But his primary way of communicating to his children is in his word. Are you opening that word to read it? Are you searching out the promises that he's giving you over marriage, over your life, over your purpose? There's power in the word. Store it up inside of you so that you can speak it out with your mouth. Because there's not only power in the word, but there's power in you speaking the word. And I'm going to move on forward. <laughs> you cannot bypass the consultation with God because you don't want to know what it is, He his what his will really is. Again, you cannot bypass the consultation with God because you do not want to really know what his will is. Sometimes his will is not our will. So ladies, let me help you out. In that case, I simply pray, Lord, not my will, but your will. Lord, 
make my will your will so that my will is not fighting against your will. Lord, line my will up with your will. So if you don't want to fight against God's will, if you're unsure what his will is, if you feel like your will may be different than his, then say, Lord, line my will up with your will. He'll do just that. But you must be willing to hear what God has to say about your marriage. And ladies, first, he's going to speak to you about you. He's not going to come to you and speak to you about your marriage. He's coming to you to speak to you about you. Because if you're in a strained marriage, you had your part. Let's be honest. Oftentimes, we don't want to hear what God has to say. And we give excuses and offer a listening ear to the enemy saying things like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. Mm, I'm tired. It's not worth it. Mm, I can get another husband. Girl, I can start over. Mm. I just really want to be free. Or are you? have you ever heard Joe saying, I'm alone in this marriage anyway. I might as well be single. Or I could do bad by myself. Or I could do it on my own. I don't need nobody. Baby, them are lies from the enemy. The enemy will have you feeling defeated by your own thinking. Then all of a sudden, you'll begin to entertain the false reality of freedom on the other side of the decision of divorce. Be mindful. Freedom is only where Christ is. Freedom is only where Christ remains. Be careful not to look at the other people who have already divorced and they're living their best life. Come on. That's an easy distraction. Oh, girl, I don't see them. Then she don't got divorced, but she over there living her best life. It's a distraction. Stay focused. The enemy may have, uh, they may have had permission to exit their marriage. And that's in between them and their God. We should be concerned with what God is saying to us regarding our covenant with him and our spouse, not what they're doing. Your husband is your assignment from God. Don't listen to other students concerning your assignment. Go straight to the teacher, the one who assigned the assignments. Ladies, your husband is your assignment. I'm not going to sister girl who's a student in her own assignment to find out about my assignment. I'm going to go to the teacher and get instructions on what I'm supposed to do about my assignment. So, ladies, stop going to other people about your marriage. Your covenant is in between you, your spouse, and God. The enemy will showcase separation and divorce as an attractive and inviting. Make no decisions being led by your flesh. Pray and fast before you move. Again, make no decisions being led by your flesh. Pray and fast before you move. Even if you have biblical reasons to end the marriage, be sure you get the release to leave the marriage before you do. And if you are unsure, ladies, meditate on the following verse. It's 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 through 17. And it says, And unto the married I command, Ye not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she do depart, 
let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife, but the rest speak, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother have a wife that believeth not and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which have an husband and believeth not, and if he be pleased in dwelling with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Elsewhere your children are unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such case, but God has called us to peace. For what knoweth thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or knoweth thou, O man, whether thou save thy wife, but as the God has distributed to every man, as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Ask God, you guys, what is it that he's calling you to do? Ask God, what is it that he is requiring from you? Again, just because you have peace about getting a divorce, even if your spouse was wrong, doesn't mean that God is okay with the divorce. The Bible is very clear. God hates divorce. So if God is giving you specific instructions to stay, says, guess what? You have to stay. And if you're unsure if you should be staying or leaving because you haven't heard from God yet, then know that you need to be digging deeper. You need to be getting in his presence. You need to be praying, push that plate back fast and seek him with all of your heart, mind, body, and soul. Your life literally depends on it, sis. Consult the Lord and seek out wise counsel. In seeking wise counsel, know that, know who you're going to and know that who you're going to is another fallen human being. We can receive great advice, but we have to remember that those two people that we're entrusting those people that we're seeking advice from are also fallen human beings and they can error. So I say that because sometimes the pastors may be biased. They may be biased towards divorce or separation. Their views may be different from what God is calling you to do. Doesn't mean that they're wrong. Just means that God has called you to do something different. So again, this is a covenant between God you and your spouse. So always, always seek God's direction first. Pastors are human too and possibly can error when given advice. The pastor should always, always be referring you back to God first. So let God make it clear to you if he does or does not want you to stay in the marriage, not the pastor, not the friend, not the family members, but let God make it clear to you. Don't forget to do your part. And what's your part, ladies? Well, I'm glad that you asked. 
It's the 70 times 7 rule. We have an obligation, an obligation to forgive and to keep forgiving. And with that being said, let us pray. Lord God, you are a gracious God, a loving God, an all-knowing God, an omnipotent God, an always present God, a God that just loves us, that is so gracious that you are not so busy that you get up and you will meet us here at 5.30 in the morning, Lord God, just so that we can be poured into. So we thank you that out of all the children in the world, Lord God, you saw about us this morning and that you thought about meeting us in this space and in this place today, Lord God. So we just thank you for being a great God. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being a God that we can depend on for direction and for counsel, Lord God. I thank you that our marriages are sacred to you. I thank you that you entered into these covenants with us, Lord God, and that you honor them and that you allow us, Lord God, the opportunity to be even sharpened and to grow with one another and in one another, Lord, and growing in you. Lord God, I ask now that you would keep our hearts focused on what it is that we are supposed to do in our marriages, Lord God. For all of us that are in a season of waiting, Lord God, I thank you for being our strength. I thank you for being our comforter. I thank you for giving us direction. I thank you for keeping us still, Lord God, and not allowing us to go before you. I thank you for healing our hearts in the ways that has been broken, Lord God. I thank you for being the mender of broken things. I thank you for putting back together everything that the enemy has tried to come up against us and to tear down and to demolish, Lord God. We render it useless. We declare now your peace and your love and your joy and unity to be found in us and in our marriages, Lord God. So now I ask, Lord God, that you would allow us to take some time today to just self-reflect, to look into us, Lord God, to look inside. Whatever it is that you have inside of us that you would like for us to deal with, Lord God, illuminate it today. Bring it to our remembrance, Lord God. Bring it to the forefront, for we want to be clean, we want to be holy, and we want to be justified in your eyes, Lord God. So we want to get this thing right. And we know that you are first our husbands. First, we serve you. Then we serve our physical husbands. So Lord, allow us to be the best wife to you first so that we can show up well for our physical husbands, Lord God. Clean up anything that needs to be cleaned up inside of us. Snatch out any rotten roots and bitterness and envy and strife from up out of us, Lord God, so that we could be the offer and the bringer of peace for our homes and for our marriages. Lord God, I thank you for what it is that you're doing in this season. Lord, we know that in the times of trials and tribulations, it's tough. Lord, it gets real tough and it's heavy. So, Lord, I thank you that I don't have to carry this weight on our own. <clears throat> I thank you that we can cast it at your feet. I thank you that when we're weak, you said that you're made, your strength is illuminated in our weakness. So, Lord, I thank you that even in our weakness, you're made strong. Lord, we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the praise because you are a worthy God. You deserve all the praise. Lord, we pray and we intervene right now that you would save marriages from ruin. Lord, let not man tear apart what God has brought together. Not even us. Don't let us tear our own marriages apart, Lord God. We pray also for those who have already been divorced, Lord God, or in a position to where they cannot undo the damage. Lord God, I ask that you would forgive, that you would heal, and that you would lead them in their lives, Lord God, to where you're taking them next. 
move them forward. Lord God, whatever you have for us, allow us not to miss it in this season. Allow us to seek you with all of our hearts, minds, bodies, and souls. Lord God, for you, we know that your word tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. So Lord, we seeking you above the marriage. We're seeking you above the relationship. We're seeking you. We're seeking you, Lord. So Lord, I ask that you would come and that you would answer and that you would hear and that you would move. And Lord, for the woman who has not heard, who seems to be lost because she hasn't heard. Lord, reassure her today. Give her a rhema word. Lord, if it's not a rhema word, Lord, speak to her heart. Show her confirmation that you are still with her. Lord, for you said that you would never leave or forsake us in your faithful God. So we trust that you're still there even when we don't see you. And we thank you, Lord, that you're carrying us in those times. So we thank you, Lord that we'll be careful to make the right decisions. We won't move out of emotions, that we'll listen intently for your direction, and we won't move until we have it. So I thank you for clarity, for direction on our next step. And I thank you for restoration and healing. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Don't leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, tight, but right. And let me, that I heard this as you were closing because I don't want anyone to feel um, that they are being blamed if they've already gone through the divorce. Some of us have been divorced and are now remarried. So Romans 8 there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. This was not to condemn anyone. I do not want the enemy to get the glory in this in this conversation this morning. Serena spoke from her heart based on her truth. And the fact that she's in her waiting season and she's learned the process and is learning the process on how to wait and wait well. And in there, she's had to have some very hard and direct and personal conversations with her God. And these are the answers that God has given her in her position. And she's, God is allowing her to share how you wait when everything else around you is saying leave. And when I say everything else, the world, the family, the friends, everything, the flesh, Everything, everything, I, I got it, right? Everything is saying leave. But when we leave without getting permission to exit, we are outside of the will of God. And no one in their right mind wants to be outside of the will of God. So while I wait for the will of God to show up, 
on earth because it's already been done in heaven, I wait. And I wait in purpose. And I wait intentionally. And I wait on God trusting and believing what he said in the beginning. Because he knew my ending before my beginning. Right? So I wait on God to see what he said in the beginning. So therefore, there is no condemnation. The enemy will not get the glory in this today. And for those of you who are in this season of I'm married, but I'm by myself. Even if he's in the house. You better start wailing before God. Come on. Make your house your sanctuary. There is no room that is void of your sanctuary because it's in the house. And in the sanctuary, there is relief. In the sanctuary, there is answers. In the sanctuaries, there is breakthrough. In the sanctuary, there is prayers and tears and snot and all of the things. But I'm telling you, when you come into his presence intentionally and cry out before him for as long as it takes and being sure that you hear his voice and not the voice of another, because just as good as God is speaking, honey, the enemy is right here. Come on. He right here. He right here. Nope, that ain't what you heard. Yeah, that ain't, right? And all he wants to do is confuse you. But the devil is a liar. You shall not be a double-minded individual. God shall give you clarity. And in the clarity, he's going to bring you peace. Serena doesn't stand, honey, like this without having peace from God. I bless you, Jesus. The peace that surpasses her own understanding. She don't even understand it. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you. How do I know that? Because every time you see her, this is what it looked like. Bless you, Jesus. It's always a smile. It's always a pleasant voice. It's always God. Every time that is Jesus. Only Jesus. I bless you, Holy God. You see Jesus. You don't see weakness. You don't see anxiousness. You don't see sadness. You don't see any of those things that she's battling because God has shielded her. Bless you, Jesus. I bless you. And we thank you that the S-O-N is shining on her making it look like the s-u-n oh i glorify you i glorify you so don't tell me you can't wait i bless you that i'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired mm. that the weight is just too heavy i bless you the okay. devil is a liar So again, if that's you, 
and you're in your waiting season, listen, reach out to Serena. Reach out to Serena. Reach out to Serena Perkins Eero, E-R-O. Because I'm even for those that will listen later and on the podcast, Serena Perkins Eero, E-R-O, is your accountability partner Amen. for those that are in your waiting season. Because you need somebody that's going to hold you to the fire. You need somebody that's going to instruct you to go back and seek God. You need somebody that's willing to tarry and wail on your behalf with you and beside, outside of you. Somebody that's willing to go to the Father and present your, your request. Yes. We're better together and there's strength in numbers. So if that is you, I expect her inbox to be blowing up. Because it's not by happenstance that it's being even said, nor was the message shared. Grab a hold of what God is saying to you in this season. He's saying, daughter, link up with somebody who I intentionally have made walk through the fire because it's not by happenstance serena i'm telling you this was for you you got you had to go through the fire you're still walking through the fire but i promise you sis on the other side you will not come out smelling like smoke amen amen it's evident Glory. it's evident Glory. that there will be no residue when this thing passes i bless you. you it's evident that there will be no residue. So I'm telling y'all. You're a great God. You're a great God. Wait on the Lord, Valerie. Yes. And be God. of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. I bless you, Jesus. Yes, Gwendolyn. Suffering of this present time will not be compared to God's glory. Although I'm suffering now. I'm suffering because I'm going to. I will receive the glory of the Lord. So, Serena, you should already have inbox messages. Can you check for me, please? I will. Because I'm telling you, I already know what's on the line. So if you haven't tapped in, this is your call to do so now. No messages yet. Okay. Y'all better move. For those of you that are in waiting, move connect this is a whole nother conversation i'm telling you this is one of them clubhouse conversations where you just need to like have major conversation yes can i and just say that and then you talked about you know how it looked when you single let me just i did he might have jumped off the line but let me just tell y'all myself Didi, and darlene we're all married in the year of 1991. Darlene Mata got married in 1990. Yeah. Uh, Didi got married in, I want to say July. And I got married in August, somewhere in there. Darlene got married like in September. Year seven, 
Didi was my roommate. I said, so we married high school sweethearts. And honestly, we entered the marriage wrong. This is a very transparent moment. We entered the marriages wrong because when you date someone from high school, okay, so that's four years, right? Then you begin to have children um, before marriage. Um, the next thing we assumed was we gotta we gotta be married, right? What's the next thing to do? We done got we done dated, we done had kids. The next thing says we should be married. You know, this ain't it wasn't biblical. I'm just that's what our minds said, right? The next thing is we, we were to be married. And we did that and had huge weddings, which is why I said on yesterday, it ain't about the wedding, honey. It's about the marriage. Had huge weddings. I mean, over 300 people for me. And my mother-in-law at the time was making copies of the invitation so she could still hand them out because we, we had already gone through them. There was standing room only. And for those of you that know Pilgrim Rest Missionary Baptist Church in Richmond, it ain't a small church, but there was standing room, room only. But even in that, because we weren't in the right frame of mind, nor were we seeking God on what we should do. Come on. We did it haphazardly. And I remember when the pastor that married us said to me, um, what's the part where it says, uh, obey <laughs> in, in, in those, in, in the vows. I know I laughed like literally out loud. Um, but by, but because we weren't prepared to do marriage God's way. It ended in divorce. Yes, some things happened um, physically, um, but we were both wrong for one another in that season, right? I love him because he's the father of my children, right? And I have no ill will towards him, but we weren't right in that season because we weren't prepared. As, as Dee Dee, right? And she'll tell her own story. But we ended up being roommates. Here we are, two single people raising seven kids together. But that was my sister. I just found a note that she wrote me and she said, if it ever gets to be too much, my children, I will move out. I didn't care how we had to live. I, I, I bumped the boys up in one room and she and the kids lived in another room and I had the master bedroom. But I say all that to say, even in our singleness, we thought we lost our mind. Honey, we, we couldn't, you couldn't tell us nothing but the club, right? So I'm saying being single post-divorce, it ain't all that is chalked up to be. You'll get yourself tied up, tangled up in some stuff that you shouldn't even be tied up and tangled up in because you think that you've lost out on some stuff. The devil is a liar. Come on. You've not lost out on anything. But what God meant for your marriage to be. Hindsight. Had we known then what we've learned in the season of being in the will of God? Who knows what the marriage would have been? But God 
is a restorer of those who are broken. And I thank God for my marriage today. Has it always been great? Nope. Do we still have bumps in the road? Yep. But how you get through the bumps shows maturity. Come on. I'm not willing to uh, not cross the hump, but instead decide to turn around and go back the other way to avoid the speed bumps in the road. I'm not willing to take the exit before my time because I see trouble ahead. You got to understand what you're in, who you're with, but overall, who you serve. And I serve a great big old God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can dare. Girl, had y'all said to me, Denise, you're going to be married for 20 years, I'd have been like, y'all crazy. <laughs> that ain't going to be me. <laughs> but when you got people that's been married for 30, 35, 40, almost 50 years, Miss Patricia, almost 50 years, has the road been easy? Hell no, nah, the road ain't been easy. But would she exchange it for something else? Hell no, nah, she wouldn't. Not at all. Because in this thing together is God. I love y'all. But everything that was shared today was on purpose for purpose. If you've not linked up with Serena, again, I'm telling you, for those that are in your waiting season, husband at home, but I'm by myself, husband outside the house, those are the people I'm talking to. Y'all in your waiting season. Link up. It's necessary. I've gotten some messages too. Uh, amen. Amen. Praise right, Kara, we have bumps, but we're still together 31 years later this June. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. For mm -hmm. his, grace is, his grace and his mercy is new. Every morning, y'all. We messed up yesterday, we get an opportunity to get that thing right today. We mess up today, we get an opportunity, God's willing, right, to get that thing right on tomorrow. Don't waddle in it. Do better. You have the ability to change your situation by just changing you. You can't change him. That's God. So you take it to his daddy and let his daddy Fix him. Come on. You ain't daddy, nor is your mama. <laughs> I'm just saying that don't work. And that will only make the bumps greater. Now we ain't got speed bumps, honey. We got humps <laughs> like camels. Because you over there trying to play mama when you should just be playing wife. Don't forget yesterday's share. I mean, Monday's share. At the end of the day, Will you get to hear servant? Well done. Right, too. Y'all over there driving on spikes, blowing out tires. Woo! This is good. I'm telling y'all. We need a whole conversation around this. I love y'all. I know something shared today was a blessing because it blessed me. Um Serena, I'm telling you, honey, you don't even understand. God is getting ready to pay you real well, honey. Oh, I bless you, Jesus. I mean, pay you real well. I bless you, Jesus. 
Listen, y'all. God bless him. Serena, that song that says, you don't know my story, all the things that I've been through. You don't know my pain. Yeah. Listen, y'all. Sometimes you can't read a book by its cover. Ooh. But when you begin to turn the pages and read the lines that have been written, the chapters that have been written, then you'll understand what the book cover is all about. Serena is not a paper book. Because those pages bend, the ends, you know, they, they get raggedy. You looking at a hard book. One that costs money. One that took time to be developed. I bless you. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. Bless you, Jesus. So look, I, I got a message the other day. So for those that don't know, Wives Who War has released two compilations of stories um, about um, tragedy, <laughs> hardship, endurance, addiction, all of the things that we as wives, some of us as wives have endured in our marriages, but are yet still standing. And someone reached out to me the other last week, maybe it was this week, and asked me when volume three was coming. And I, I this wasn't in my plans, God, because it's a lot of work. But because of Serena's share on today, I'm going to put together cost and a flyer for those of you who have gone through the fire but did not come out smelling like smoke and know that there is a story to share. For you to add to the compilation that will be before the vows break, V-O-W-S, before the vows break, Tales of Triumph, Volume 3. Ooh. Jesus, I love you. I love you. It's, listen, because we can talk about divorce all day long because it's inevitable in the world. As Serena mentioned, 50% of marriages end in divorce and the majority of those sit in the house of worship. Come on. For whatever reason. But 
There are few stories that talk about tales of triumph. I've been through the hail, I've been through the rain, I've been through the storm. But on the other side of that, I made it. We made it. And because we made it, I can tell of God's goodness. Oh, yeah. I can tell of God's grace and his mercy that kept us through the storm, that kept us through the five alarm fire, honey, when it took the entire county to come put the fire out at the house. It looked like a five alarm on the outside, but inside, we weren't even being touched by the fire because God had shielded us and protected us and encapsulated us and insulated us in him. Mm. We just didn't realize. Mm. So for those that are interested, you can inbox me. I'll get you some, I'll get you some information. Um, and you can find Before the Vows Break, Tales of Triumph on Amazon, volumes one and two. Um, and the testimonies are amazing, literally. I didn't even know their story until I began to read through it. And I was like, my God, this is the story that I need to get me to point D. Um, so, all right, y'all, it's 630. We love God and we love y'all. That's why we're still here. But we got to go. Got things to do, people to see. But God, before we leave this place, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you for the after conversation. Thank you. The conversation that provided transparency and authenticity. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the life of our sister, Serena. God, I pray that you would continue to give her hinds feet and that you would give her the strength to continue to stand on the enemy's neck. He shall not win. Because you've already declared we have victory in you. So the victory belongs to Serena on today. The victory belongs to my other sisters who are standing still because they do not have permission to exit. It's almost like that commuter lane where you can only enter if you have a transformer and then they charge you a fee to ride in that lane but you take the lane because it's smooth. That's the lane Serena has chosen to get in, the commuter lane with God, because the lane runs smooth. There is no traffic in that lane. There's no bumper to bumper. She ain't got to blow the horn. She ain't got to dodge and weave to change lanes. She's in the safety lane. So God, we thank you for clear passage on today. We thank you for what you're doing in the lives of these, your daughters. Thank you, thank you. And God, I pray that they would stand still until they see the salvation of the Lord in their marriages and that they won't move to the left or to the right, forward or backwards without your permission. Until you, they hear you say permission granted, yes, yes, yes. they'll stand. Amen. We thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, thank God, and amen.
I can't wait to see y'all on tomorrow for Triumphant Thursday, honey. I feel God getting ready to do something miraculous. Love you too, Takia. Bye, y'all.